Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And a pleasant good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Saints Hour. Mike Oss along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert, and Steve Geller on this Kind of, It's not a training camp edition, but certainly it is not the regular season. Mickey Loomis and the Saints will be with us next Tuesday night and on through the season. But this will be a special final preview edition of the Saints 2023 season and their season opener against the Tennessee Titans at noon on Sunday, Caesars Superdome, one of only four home games until the month of December. So need to make them all count. Um, and both teams finished 7-10 and 10 last year, but how they got there <laughs> was uh, completely different as the Titans lost their final seven. I was looking today. So in week 11 last year, the Titans had just beaten Green Bay. They'd already had their off week. They were 7-3, and three. the Titans were. The next team to them was the Colts at 4-6-1, and one, and then Jacksonville at 3-7. and seven. Hmm. And they lost the division. So uh, they've made some changes in Tennessee. Uh, had six draft picks, made them all on offense, kind of spread them all around. But this will be about the Saints. And so I kind of really wanted to just kind of look at, you know, we've, we spend so much time, Bobby, and you know this, we spend so much time in the training camp and preseason talking about wide receivers, DBs, one-on-one, seven-on-seven. We spend very little time talking about the trenches. And then when we get down to it, game time, it's all about the trenches, right? Titans have five new offensive linemen as far as positions are concerned. Their guard moved from guard to center. Other than that, it's four new guys. The Saints have Trevor Penning at left tackle and James Hurst at left guard. And the Titans have one of their draft picks, uh, Skaronsky, at left guard starting. So, I mean, again, we can talk all we want about DBs and wide receivers in training camp. When it's game time, tell me about the beef up front. Yeah, no, you you got it. This is a pack of lunch uh, game. And um, and, and obviously, I think both defensive lines uh, are going to have the advantage. Uh, that'll be interesting to see, uh, like Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, he's, um, he's amongst the best, you know, his second straight season, he had seven plus sacks, uh, and, uh, had two sacks, uh, I want to say against the saints in the last meeting. So no, he, he, he's disruptive. And, um, the one thing I know first things first, uh, can we stop, stop Derrick Henry, uh, from running? Now, I don't know if you can completely, uh, stop him. But uh, you have to make them more predictable. Like, that's a big win. Let's say it's like 
They gave Derrick Henry the ball because they're going to keep giving it to him throughout the game. And you could stop him the first half, but can you stop him throughout the game because they're trying to wear you down. But can we get in situations like second and eight or second and seven instead of like second and four or something? Because that will help Ryan Tannehill have success. Uh, and utilizing uh, the play action. You know, uh, Ryan Tannehill has had success against uh, the NFC. He's won six in a row against NFC opponents. And he's had a quarterback rating of 95-plus. Uh, so uh, he's actually, you know, when you look at AFC, NFC, and all that, he's had relative success, like I said, against the NFC. And the Titans as a team, um, you know, if you look at it, we've actually uh, – uh, whoever's the road team has won. Uh, now, the Titans lead the series nine uh, wins, six uh, losses, and one tie. Uh, but the Saints split the last four matchups with Tennessee, but we've won over there. The Saints have we, never— we lost, we lost in 21 over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, ne- we've never uh, won in New Orleans. The, the Titans are like 3-0 and uh, in the Superdome, so we have to break that trend. Uh, but we're going to be looking—I uh, was, I was reading right here where— the Saints will be looking for their first home win against the Houston Oilers, Tennessee Titans, in the franchise since the seasoning opening 33-21 to victory in 1993. I think, I think before— <laughs> You were playing then, weren't you? That was your— yeah, you, No, no, I, I, you I, was in Atlanta. I was in Atlanta that year. That was my but, senior year of high school. Hey, <laughs> hey well, but the game before that, I remember beating Warren Moon— Okay. And the Oilers in the Superdome. I think I want to say like 24 to 10. We end up uh, beating uh, Warren Moon and the Oilers, which is now the Tennessee Titans. But, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, looking for their first win because it's the same ownership. You know, uh, you know, Bud Adams and all that. Now his daughter uh, takes over the team. But the Oilers, Titans, uh, since a season opening 33 to 21 victory in 93. So, yeah, there, there is some history there. Uh, I think this is kind of old-school football, what I mean by that, uh, simply because Derrick Henry and what he brings to the table. Uh, look, he ranked, uh, said this earlier, Steve, and uh, look, uh, I was talking with Mike Rank, second in the NFL, with right on the uh, 2,000 scrimmage yards last year and 1,538 rushing yards in 2022, uh, second in the league. So it's not like he's over the hill. He's not like, and if you look at it, whatever he's done for me lately in his final uh, four games, uh, he had 125-plus yards of scrimmage. You know, so they might try and throw him a screen play now and then to get him out in space. Uh, and then the last, uh, you know, leads all the active players as far as rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. So he's going to get his opportunities. So uh, I think. That would be a game that the Saints could still be in control of things, and only and, and you say I say only because uh, Falvin Kamara uh, when he comes back if he's averaging 125, 130 yards of scrimmage I would take that every day, but you don't want all of a sudden Derrick Henry to get off uh, all of a sudden he has 175, 180 total yards of scrimmage so he's going to be a focal point, but first things first uh, I would try and make Ryan Tannehill beat you. Versus Derrick Henry, uh, no, we we got to put some eight in the box. You mix it up. You don't always do it, but I think the key to Derrick Henry is to get him down or to gang tackle, like uh, Coach Dennis Allen said, uh, before he can get started. 
Because once he gets started. That momentum, right. And then sometimes Holly can bounce things out. We always see that's like a highlight on ESPN, those stiff arms. that he look, he's, I've seen at least probably a handful of stiff arms against defensive backs. They look like little boys trying to tackle him, and they go flying. So that's what you got to avoid. You don't want him in space like that. Get him down before he gets going. I think it's going to be critical for the game. You are listening to the Saints Hour, brought to you by Bullseye, the official tailgate of the New Orleans Saints. We will get Steve's thoughts about the Saints running game behind left tackle Trevor Penning. We'll hear from Trevor Penning as well. It is the Saints Hour on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Hour. We've talked a lot about Derrick Henry in that first block. Of course, Tajay Spears, the Pontatula High School two-lane running back drafted in the third round by the Titans. But we'll talk a lot about the Saints running game in this block, and we're going to begin with the man that they will hopefully be running behind, and that'll be Trevor Penning. He was the first-round pick, B. He was the second of the first-round picks in 2022, the 19th overall out of Northern Iowa, injured a bunch last year, injured some uh, this year, but mostly has been out there, but uh, did not ha- probably have as many snaps as he would have probably liked and the coaching staff would have liked. So let's hear from Trevor Penning this week as he's preparing for the Titans. You know, first start of the year, I got that start last year. Um, you know, it was great, but this is kind of the, you know, week one going in. I'm really excited to you know, go out there and, you know, play some ball <laughs> you know how good they are yeah. i mean stopping the run has been their thing uh embracing that challenge I'm, I'm guessing i'm guessing that's fun for you guys right yeah i mean i think they were the they were the number one ranked uh, rush defense last year so i mean we're all excited going into that we're going against you know the best the best guys last year at stopping the run so that's going to be a challenge for us but we're ready to take it on is it like a not like a nervous energy but given the fact that there is pressure and expectations on you and this offensive unit i mean is it yeah i'd say so i mean that's you know it's part of the nfl i mean it's there's a lot of pressure on you no matter who you are but especially us up front i mean we're going in knowing that this game is going to be it's going to be one of the trenches so going in there we're really uh we're really excited to you know embrace that challenge and go after it does a, does a first round pick have to prove that, that he can do it in this league do you think there's a little yeah for sure i mean no matter who you are you got to really prove who you are and especially the first rounders i mean we have we have very high expe- high expectations so um you know i'm gonna go in there and you know play my game and uh you know. when you when you were injured that had to be a really difficult time for you right? yeah that was for sure difficult i mean it was really the first time I've ever had to not play football because of an injury, so it was definitely tough. But you know, all the work I've put in in uh, last season and then the off season as well, um, you know, it's it's finally you know kind of leading up, kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel that I get to play an actual real regular season football game again. So it's good. And you're full hundred percent right now, right? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. You haven't played a whole lot here, a full 100%, have you? No, just just that last game last year is probably the only game I've really felt 100%, I'd say. I mean, even when I was playing a little jumbo stuff, I was kind of not 100 all the way. But, um, yeah, the end of last year, I was, I was feeling 100% and then get hurt again. But hopefully, uh, you know, this time it should, it should be a lot better and uh, be able to play some more snaps. You're going to still play edgy? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Not gonna yeah. back off. No, I can't. Can't back off. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna play smart, but I'm gonna play. Gonna play hard. 
Do you so, feel like you've grown up a little bit in in like trying to find uh, that balance, or are you still not there? Uh, still got some work say, to do. I mean, I mean, I practice hard, but I mean, you gotta you gotta know how to practice smart. And I think, you know, over the time here, it's you kind of learn how to practice a little smarter sometimes than an NFL practice. But uh, yeah. When, when you're a young player, do you think they try to confuse you with stunts and, and, and because you e- even though you know you have a lot of talent, you don't have a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're yeah, that? yeah? I would think I would think most coaches would kind of that's kind of what their thought process would be is kind of you know guys who don't have a lot of experience, they're not going to know all the different stunts and twists that some of these veteran guys uh, do. So. I, I would, I would guess, yeah. But I mean, you just got to go in and you got to play. You got to play freely and uh, don't think too much and kind of just play. Saints left tackle Trevor Penning talking about the start that he has coming up this Sunday, and he, he said, and it's right, he, he did get that kind of first start out of the way, but got hurt. He's just been battling the. You know, he and Taysom Hill have injuries that you have to look up all the time. It's like, what, what? what yeah, the, what the Liz, Frank Liz Frank and all. What, what, what is that? What he said, I never or? heard it until Taysom got it. And then it was like, you know, I've heard it like a hundred times. Like, it's like like a plantar fasciitis, right. Liz Frank and all. You, you got to be like. Uh, right, you don't want your big left tackle to have foot issues, obviously. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, so, just, it's like a big seven-foot basketball player. You got to be able to run and you got to push off the block and also. He, he said something that. It's true, but you have to look at the bigger picture. And he talked about the Titans' defense being number one against the run. They only give up 77 yards. And so I'll, I said, well, I always go, well, what are they against the pass? Oh, they're 32nd. Blah, blah, <laughs> so they give up 200. They're the worst team against the pass. So it's the chicken in the egg. What, what, yeah. what came first? Now, I will say this. <laughs> On third down. They are second best in the NFL. So I don't care whether you run or pass. But when it comes yeah, to third down, they force you they're to pretty punt. Pretty pretty stout. Yeah, no, the the key is going to be is like uh, the chess match, um, you know. And I think to help our Trevor Penning, to challenge him because he this is what he wants to do. He wants to try and maul people. Run right behind him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how about you whip that guy in front of you? How about you whip his behind? And that they should that she should welcome that challenge. Now, easier said than done. It all depends, you know, who you're going against and what they're going to do to him. And I think he realizes this and. You only really get a grasp of this where it is second nature with experience. They don't just do base, do the same thing the whole game. They start all of a sudden, you might think, oh, I figured out maybe one possession, how they're going to come out, and then all of a sudden the next possession, they're doing all these twist stunts. And then you're like, oh, my God. I'm like, then your head's on a swivel, and you end up not blocking nobody. I thought you had him. No, you got him. And then all of a sudden, then that's not good for Derek Carr because you have to – be able to click and how you pass off blocks. Uh, I think uh, Hurst is going to help him. You know, the combination, like uh, guard tackle, how you communicate. All that comes into play. But uh, it's going to be a big challenge. I-, I would say that if I had to give him a grade right now, I think he'll be very average. Hopefully not below average. <laughs> but, but I think uh, hopefully he could be like a good C. A good C. First a game, solid C. Yeah, a solid C against the Titans. Because I don't think he's just going to be like uh, second coming a Willie Rolf or a Ryan Ramchick or Teron Armstead. I don't see none of that happening. I just hope he's not a liability. We shall see. Sunday, noon, Caesar Superdome. Got to take a break here. This is the Saints Hour. Bobby Bear, Steve Geller, I'm Mike Hoss. Back after this on the Community Coffee, New Orleans. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Hour. Mike Hoss, Steve Deller, and Bobby Hebert. And we've talked about a lot about the running game. I haven't talked much about the Saints running game. Of course, without Alvin Kamara, Kendra Miller, we saw a lot in preseason. Didn't see a lot out of Jamal Williams. But what we saw, at least in the practice aspect of training camp, impressed me. The guy had led the NFL 17 touchdowns last year. Just seems to be, he seems to have it all. Kind of has that speed, kind of has that 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 brute if you need it. Yeah. I, mean, I was impressed, but we're going to need a lot out of both of those guys uh, for three games. Yeah, Jamal Williams, too, keeps talking about how I love how everybody thinks they know what kind of running back I am, and I can't wait to show you. And it's like you ask him, okay, so what kind of back are you? He's like, you'll see, you'll see kind of thing. So <laughs> He's a tough interview. Yeah, he's, a, uh, he's, he's fun, fun though, right? Fun. You just never – it's like the interview in Cam. Like, you, you never know, which know way which, go. where are we yeah. going here. Uh, but with Jamal, definitely, you know, the, the brunt of this uh, – the carries are going to fall on him to me right now, especially with – you know, the rookie Kendry Miller is dealing with a hamstring issue. We'll find out a little more tomorrow when that first injury report comes out. He was not at practice on Monday. Uh, we know Kamara, like you mentioned, suspended. Right now on the unofficial depth chart behind Jamal Williams, that's Kirk, Kirk Merritt. Merritt right? right, so it's like, oh, okay, I got a now question. They did, sign, they did sign two to the practice right, squad. You they still can have bring Tony up. Jones Jr. there. Okay, Jordan okay. Mims. That's what, okay, Jordan Mims still doesn't know the offense. You know, exactly, Tony Mims. Jones does. Tony Jones Jr. knows the offense. I would right now, me personally, but he had an outstanding uh, preseason. Remember he made the team and then we let, let him go? Yep. But he's played in like NFL games, and right. he knows the offense. Think about this. He was with the Saints, and then he's not with the Saints, and he was with Denver. Well, the terminology, I guarantee you, the plays in Denver and you, the Saints are the same plays. So it's not like he's behind, oh, he wasn't in the Saints training camp. I would think from depth and from a mental standpoint, now, I, I still think, no, that you're going to ride that horse and you're not going to go in a different direction. You're going to go with Jamal Williams. But even before if Miller can't go, uh, even not that I like Kirk Merritt. I'm always taking up for him because uh, I think he could be a pass receiving running back. Uh, but I think Tony Jones, junior, I, I think he's junior, right? Yeah. Yes. I, I would go with him and activate him if, if Miller can't go. Either one of them, one of those group and, and – uh, Prentice, to an extent, because he does do yeah, it, right. has got to catch some balls out of the backfield. You can't take that aspect away from this offense just because Alvin's not there. It's too important to this offense. 
Yeah, and that, it's not yeah. really been a strength of any of these guys. No, uh, and you always have to have that check down that you can count on. Um, and the one thing I think, because I've seen them run routes and, um, you know, like option-type routes, let's say whether it's a zone or man concept, and let's say the rush is coming. And you can't always just keep the running back in. You, no, you keep him in sometimes maybe to help uh, Trevor a pinning. Then you free release and you be a dump off a check down. But you have to have it, okay, if you like the mismatch uh, with the Titans, okay, uh, based on leverage, you give him an option route. And I think both Kirk Merritt and Tony Jones Jr., I'm not saying they're on the level of Al Kamara, but I still think uh, that Derek Carr can lean upon him. You know, where you always want to see all these chunk plays. But I'm telling you, if you don't have enough time to throw – and I think Derek Carter, you better know where your outlets are. Because you know they're going to say, oh, the offensive line's blocking terrible. Well, the quarterback got to help the offensive line, help their confidence to block better. And whether it's the outlet to the tight end or the running back, the ball got to come out. It has to come out. Hey, Bear, what do you know? All I know is. <laughs> A little bit. All I know is I was the least sacked quarterback in the whole NFL in 1992. I, I, I got, and Drew Brees broke my damn record. I was so, <laughs> I, in 16 games. I got sacked 12 times. In 15 games, I got sacked 12 times. The last game against the Bills, I got sacked three times. I got 15 sacks in 16 games. And I was like, damn, I know where to go with the ball, trying to get rid of it. They were playing two-man. That's when they had Bruce Smith, Cornelius Ben, and all. The rush was there, like 1,001, throw it. Just try and get rid of it. And we end up uh, losing that game. But like the great Dan Marino, you know, uh, a quick release? Uh-huh. Like he got sacked 24 times that year. See, so I think Derek Carr realizes a lot of times fans always want to get on the line and everything. Oh, we're terrible. They're not giving the quarterback enough time. The quarterbacks can help the line by knowing where to go with the ball. And sometimes an incompletion is not a bad play. You know, not, you know just don't force it, but that's not a bad play. You know, you live to fight another day. But I'm telling you, a quarterback can help an offensive line be a lot better than maybe what they're actually doing out there. And we will talk with a wide receiver just about that. We'll talk about the Saints receiving core with Alave, Michael Thomas, A.T. Perry, Keith Kirkwood, and Rashid Shahid. And we'll do so with the former Saint from 2006 to 2013, Lance Moore, when we come back. This is the Saints Hour on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Hour. Mike Hoss, Steve Geller, and Bobby Abair with you for another half hour until 8 o'clock tonight. And we're, as I welcome in Lance Moore with the Saints from 2006 to 2013, I want to start off kind of in a weird place, and that's Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham caught a 25 yard back shoulder pass against Houston, then a three yard contested catch for the touchdown. And it made me go back and think about the, the early Jimmy years. And so when Jimmy Graham first got here, 2010 to 2014, so Lance was here in, from 06 to 13. Jimmy Graham at that time had 51 touchdowns, 12.3 yards per reception. He averaged 54 first downs a year, 13 touchdowns, led the NFL in year 16. And so you, you talk about taking some things for granted. And, and, and first off, Lance, welcome to the show. But when he was in that time, he was in a different zone, right? He was. I mean, he, he was essentially a gigantic wide receiver doing wide receiver things. Um, and the reason why he was so great during that time was because, obviously, his youth. But he had supreme athleticism for any position, not, not just the tight end position. I mean, he was 
one of the most athletic people on the field every single time he stepped foot on the field. He could run, he could jump, he's big, he's fast. I mean, it, it like he became a, a matchup nightmare for everybody who tried to defend him and, you know, being able to work with Drew for as long as he did. Um, there's no wonder why he was able to have the success that he had and put up those numbers and shoot, man. I, I think he's one of the, the most gifted and talented players at the tight end position that we've ever seen. I think there's guys that have had, you know, better careers, but when you talk about a physical freak, a guy that can go get you one when you need it, um, you know, he's got to be, you know, in the tops of that category at the tight end position of all time. And uh, uh, along those lines, Lance, uh, you know, you talk about the relationship with Drew and how all of a sudden I can remember I'm watching the game in the press box and I'm, I mean, Drew threw the ball because there's no way that he thought Jimmy Graham was open. Now, he was throwing him open, but that trust factor, and, you know, Bob, when you get uh, on that same level with your quarterback, do you think we still have time maybe, no, it could be maybe Jawan Johnson and Derek Carr. Do you think Derek Carr maybe could still – that some point during the season it might click, that Derek Carr uh, all of a sudden develops that kind of uh, relationship with Jimmy Graham because you know he knows how to utilize the tight end. I think he might be the second paid highest tight end, Darren Waller, with the Giants now, with the Raiders, and how we utilize him. So do you think that could come about uh, with Derek Carr and maybe Jimmy Graham, especially in the red zone? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, look, look, tight end is, is basically the quarterback's best friend out there in the passing game. Um, you know, he's a lot of times he's an outlet. A lot of times he's the guy that's going to be closest to the quarterback once the ball is snapped. And it's easier a lot of times to get them the football. Uh, but, you know, as good as anybody, it's, it's not essentially it's not really the quarterback throwing the receiver or the tight end open. You, you know that there are certain guys that a quarterback is going to say, well, he's covered, but I'm going to throw it anyway. And Jimmy right. Graham, Jawan Johnson, Michael Thomas in his career. I mean, these are guys that are big and physical and have really strong and, you know, really great hands to be able to go and get the football, even if there's a def defender that's draped all over them, somebody that, you know, they're not able to create any separation, but somehow, some way, the ball is in a place where the receiver can go get it and the DB can't. Um, I think we've got several guys that can do that still. And, and I absolutely, I think that there's still time for the quarterback to, to gain trust and get that type of chemistry with all of these guys. Um, you know, you, you'd love to have a situation where you have a quarterback and, and a group of, of pass catchers that have been together for several years, but that's not the case for us. But that doesn't mean it can't happen. That doesn't mean that these guys aren't putting in the time and getting the reps in before, during, and after practice. And, you know, obviously the, the, the live bullets will be flying this weekend, so we'll see – kind of what kind of if they've gotten on the same page or not. But uh, I, I really believe that, that there is ample time for them to get on the same accord, and, and we'll see some of the fruits of, of their labor come Sunday. Lance, we're expecting big things from a second-year guy in Chris Olave this season. He always looks so smooth and effortless when we're watching him in practice and all. But as a wide receiver for you, what makes Olave such an elite talent? Well, I mean, it starts with the speed. I mean, it's, it's, I was never blessed to have the type of speed that he had, but guys like Robert Meacham and Devery Henderson and, and, and others, the defensive backs a lot of times are just scared to death of getting beat deep. So what does that do? That makes them try to, 
you know, kind of get back a little bit deeper in their coverage, or maybe their alignment is a little supposed to be. So that gives the a little bit more of a cushion. Um, and, and, you know, with a guy that is, is young and can run, um, it, it's hard to cover him, you know, with just the speed. But the fact that he's got the skill and, and the route running and the talent to go along with the speed, that's what makes him so tough. And, you know, he caught a lot of balls at Ohio State. And last year, obviously, he was a 1,000-yard receiver. So the expectations are super high for him. I just want to see him continue to grow, continue to do the things that he did last year and add to that a little bit. I'd love to see him run a little bit more after the catch. I'd love to see him stay on his feet a little bit more once he touches the football. Um, but I honestly, I mean, I think I think the sky's the limit for him. I think he's going to be an exceptional player for us this year, um, you know, and then add in a healthy group of, of skill players around him. Um, this this offense, in my opinion, could be very, very scary. Talk a little bit about this group, because, you know, Thomas started the season last year a healthy, had three touchdowns in, in the first two games. But you throw an Olave out there and a Thomas Shahid in the slot, uh, maybe an A.T. Perry somewhere. I mean, this is if those guys can stay healthy, it's such a different group than what than last year after three games. Chris Olave was it, and he was the guy. And you could cover Olave, and you're in pretty good shape. But now, if they these if this group of, of five can stay healthy, it's a different ball game. I totally agree. I mean, and we can't forget about Keith Kirkwood and Traquan Smith. I mean, th- those guys have played a lot of football and made plays in black and gold. So it's not like, oh, if these guys, you know, the, the first two groups can't get it done, we don't have anybody else. I mean, we've got a, a great deal of depth that I think that we'll lean on this season because you don't really know if, if all of your guys are going to be able to stay healthy or not. But I, I, I think that, you know, Chris Olave having that group around him will take a ton of pressure off of him. Um, you know, he doesn't have to be the guy week in and week out. He's not going to be necessarily the guy that the in- entire passing defensive game plan is going to be geared towards limiting or stopping. So uh, having that depth and having the group of guys healthy, uh, man, I think it's really going to pay dividends for this offense. And I really think that Derek Carr is going to be um, in a similar situation where, Back in the day, like we were with Drew spreading the football around because he's got so many talented guys around him, it's going to be really, really tough for defenses to defend us. Now, Lance, uh, speaking of talent, uh, I can't wait to, to see what it comes about uh, with the injury report tomorrow because I think, uh, you know, matchups, uh, and you look at that being Marshawn Lattimore against a big receiver like Mike Evans with Tampa Bay, that, uh, boy, do we need him. Uh, this Sunday to kick off the season against DeAndre Hopkins. Because uh, you look at D-Hop, and I, I say this, you might say, well, what does he have left in the tank? Uh, look, uh, look, he leads all active receivers in catches and receiving yards right now, right at like 11,300. And the last two times he's played against the Saints, he's had over 100 yards receiving. So I, tell me if you think um, like this strategy. I know Dennis Allen's looking at this because – Obviously, uh, Derrick Henry, how are you going to stop the run? But if I, and then how you dictate and mixing up the coverages, if you could put Lattimore on an island with D. Hopkins without no safety help and all, that would go a long way, especially how you could shift the defense in other areas where you can uh, maybe give help and, and, and stop. If But if you don't have uh, Lattimore available, that's a lot of different strategy. That's a whole different strategy uh, in guarding a guy like Hopkins. 
100%. I mean, you're talking about one of the best corners in the National Football League. If you don't have him, it doesn't matter who you're playing against on Sunday. Like, they, they are going to love the fact that an, a potential all-pro corner is not playing. But it's my understanding that he did not have a major injury, injury during training camp and that he should be ready to go for this week. Um, I don't ever really like to read too much into the injury report. Okay. Um, <laughs> until we get to the game, is he active or not? You know, like, because no, nobody's going to tip their hand. Nobody's going to give away too much information, especially in week one. Um, I would imagine he'd be limited all week in practice, and then we'd see a questionable or probable designation. But I, I don't think that he'll be doubtful. And even if he is doubtful, I, I would hope that he'd play. Um, but looking at Tennessee and what Mike Rabel wants to do, he's an old New England Patriots guy. He wants to run the football and play tough defense. Right. Um, and then being able to have a guy like D-Hop out there who is a physical receiver and, and, you know, people complain about him not being able to run anymore. But last I checked, we played him last season, and he was coming back from suspension or injury, whenever it was, and he still put in work against us last year. So right. the guy can still play. He's definitely going to be a threat. I, I, I hope that – um, you know, we have all of our defense healthy this week, and, it, and it's not just on Marshawn Lattimore, right? Obviously, you want to have a guy that can lock somebody on one, but if you can get a pass rush going, something that we struggled at for most of last season, um, then that helps out all of our DBs in the, in the secondary, um, you know, and, and, you know, beating up whoever the quarterback is. I'm expecting Ryan Tannehill, but, you know, things, things could happen. So um, we owe them one. So I, I think that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're motivated. And, and I think that, uh, you know, all the guys are going to do everything that they can to make sure that they're out there and, and able to go on Sunday. And Lance, finally, this is the last time this team will be zero and zero. And I know you've been asked a hundred times. And I'm not, I'm not even really looking for a record, but just give me a sense of what you think this team can accomplish and needs to accomplish this year. Well, the first need is we need to start fast. Um, you know, this, is, this isn't a situation where we want to, limp into the season and hope that we can make something happen or rely on division being weak and maybe we can, you know, win the division with a losing record. I don't think that's the case with this team. I think we've got too much talent on this roster. I think we've got the trigger man that is more than capable, a former multiple-time Pro Bowl quarterback that still has the juice now. Like, I watched them in training camp um, with my own two eyes in person. Like, the dude can still sling it. So, um, I'm expecting this team to win the NFC South and make it to the playoffs. And if we make it to the playoffs, you never know what could happen from there because you could get hot at the right time and be the team that makes something happen that nobody thought was possible. But it starts with one game. I'm not going to give you a record. Um, I've, I've done it all off season, but I just think that we need to go 1-0 one and, one and this week, and then we worry about week two after that. Well said, because it's a long, long season. Only four home games until the month of December. Lance Moore, the Saints wide receiver, 2006 to 2013, part of the Super Bowl championship team, Super Bowl 44. As always, Lance, we appreciate your time. Look forward to seeing you throughout the season and talk more. Thank you, Lance. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Just a class guy, Lance Moore. We'll take a break. It is the Saints Hour. Back after this on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Hour. And we talked about him a lot in that most recent block with Lance Moore. Such a cool, classy guy. I'm glad that we could talk to him. And that was about Chris Olave. And now he begins his sophomore season. Let's hear from number 12, Chris Olave. Uh, I'm excited. We work all offseason, uh, ready to put it on display. How are you feeling heading into week one? Feel good. Uh, I'm excited about the team roster we got. 
uh, I'm excited to be able to finally get out there and play ball. What are just some of your personal goals for year two? Uh, just to win. I feel like that's my main goal is do everything I can uh, to be able to win. But you feel significantly different today than you did at this point last year, right? In, in what ways do you, I mean, I know you're a little bigger, but just mentally, in what ways are you maybe a little better now than at this point last year? Uh, last year, I didn't really have a feel for the game, uh, especially the playbook. I was kind of new, so uh, just coming in here and knowing the offense already and getting a feel for the game going into year two, I feel real good. In, in those same regards, how maybe different does the offense feel with Derek Carr now as the quarterback heading into this year? Uh, that's a lot more, a lot more checks, a lot more uh, things we could do pre-snap uh, based on coverages. So uh, he has a lot more control of the offense, so I'm excited. Do you guys feel like you can start fast with Derek Carr as the quarterback? Oh, yeah, for sure. I feel like uh, that's what we're piring our, ourselves on this year, uh, starting fast and uh, just, just doing everything early and often. It seems like this offense has a confidence to it. Would you agree with that? And and how would you describe that? Oh yeah, I, I feel like we do. Got a, a lot of confidence. Uh, we just got a lot of weapons, uh, a lot of different playmakers that we get the ball to, and I'm excited to see uh, what everybody can do. I know at Ohio State you were never really like under the radar, <laughs> but like if you're uh, this team's under the radar. Mm-hmm. I mean, when's the last time you kind of were on a team that felt like maybe they were kind of sneaking up on? You? Uh, I've never been a part of something like this. Uh, I feel like the Saints got a winning culture. Uh, I don't know why we'll be under the radar, but we got a real good roster. Uh, I'm excited uh, to finally get to play ball. So. Chris, there's a lot of pressure on guys like MT. That was comically delivered. That was easy. But what do guys like Keith Kirkwood, Trey Hawkins, and Ezekiel add to that wide receiver? Uh, they add a lot of a lot of size. Uh, they can make any play as long as uh, the harder receivers. So uh, I feel like they they add a lot of blocking. Uh, but they, they're really good in the pass game, too, so I'm excited what they can do. You've always been a willing blocker yourself. Do you feel like you've taken some strides in that, or has that just been something? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to try to get better at that uh, this offseason as well, just trying to block more, uh, maintain my block. So that was, that was the main part, uh, getting stronger. So. Chris Olave, the third Saints rookie with a thousand plus, joining the likes of Michael Thomas in 2016 and also Marcus Colston in 2006. He had at least three receptions in the games that he played. At least three. Had 72 catches, 40 them. First down. I don't think anybody really sat in the zones as much as he did on third and 10. He made a lot of third and long. So. Uh, expect a lot out of Chris Olave, and we're going to kind of flip the script a little bit because uh, we want to talk a little bit about the defense. And Bobby, we were talking just yeah. in the break about the the, the sacks that this that the Saints team had, and you know, top five in the NFL. Well, the, that that's a misconception that um, you know, oh, we got to get after the quarterback more. We're going to get after the quarterback now. You might say, get after the quarterback with a four man rush. Because Dennis Allen did an outstanding job. The whole defensive strategy, Ryan Nielsen, I'm sure, was part of that. Now he's with Atlanta. But the whole strategy, the schemes and the stunts that they utilize, that you might have wanted, like, obviously, um, the, like I said, the front four to have more sacks. But you look at Caden Ellis, DeMario Davis, the sacks they got. Like you said, they were uh, fifth in the NFL. What were we at, 46 or 48? 48. So 48 sacks. So, uh, yeah, compare that to where Atlanta was at. So, uh, no, we got the sacks, but I think it's just— I love just, that song. We got the sacks. Yeah, we got the sacks. It's like almost like I guess they'd want people want more like uh, the Eagles. 
Because, you know, Davenport having a half a sack. That's why the the perception. But you look at the Eagles. So four Their guys in, in the double, double digits. Di- yes. right. But if you look at it, now this was since week eight, the Raiders game. We were tied for second in the NFL with 31 sacks. You know why it's imperative, too, to get off the fast start? Last year we started out two and five. The last nine games we finished five and four. But the first seven games, you know, we gave up more points than any other team in the NFL. Yeah. And then then look at the end, our scoring defense was good. So hopefully we could build upon what we did in the latter part of the season defensively come at the beginning of the season from the get-go against the Titans. The get-go with the Titans begins Sunday at noon. Caesar Superdome, got to step aside, take a break. It is the Saints Hour, back after this on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back. Just a couple of minutes left here, so we, we'll be quick. But, Steve, if you can, this is not, I don't, you know, finish it how you want. But the Saints win Sunday if. Like, what's most important for this team to come out, you know, with, with a victory on Sunday? If they need to do what? Definitely the ability to establish the run, I think, with Jamal Williams. I'm not sure if Kendra Miller dealing with a hamstring issue is going to be uh, able to go. And also, it may be – Pretty boring and vanilla to say, but as long as they win the turnover battle. Oh, Hell yeah, no, they, not, they ain't no vanilla. That's, that's the number one thing. Yeah. Hey, to me, if they plus two, there's no way we're losing. And plus one, we should win. <laughs> now, I'm telling you right now, if we can take away the football and protect it, we win in the game. Uh, we're going to win. You it's definitely at, the most important stat yeah, I know. Yeah, you every can look week. at all that other stuff and all. I'm telling you, if somehow we could build upon what we did in the preseason, you know, we ended up like plus two. Come on, we were minus 11 plus, last plus year. Plus three. Plus yeah, three, yeah. Minus 11 last year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that, I'm telling you, that one thing. The great oh, equalizer. I'm telling you right now, well, with the, the kickoff's not until Sunday, but if we're plus two, there's no way we're losing. So no I, I'm never going to get a chance to use this stat again. So I'm going to use it now because <laughs> we talked about it. So the Saints, the turnover margin last year were minus 11, 31st. The Titans last year, their turnover margin was minus three. Minus three. They were 22nd. Kansas City, the Chiefs. Minus three. Unbelievable. They won the Super Bowl. The Titans were 22nd at minus three. The Chiefs were minus three. That shows you how good the Chiefs are. Offense was moving that ball. Talk about overcoming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But but if you play the percentages, it's like uh, on the plus side, that's normally like a playoff team. I'm just saying that one area, uh, that could be the difference where you're disappointed again. You're 7 and 10 or 10 and 17. Just by being on the plus side, I'm telling you, I think we're going to be more opportunistic. Uh, you felt gonna, that way in training camp. I uh, felt that yes, way. Yes, yes. We're going to we're going to take the ball away and we're going to protect it. You don't now. This is Lanyap. You don't even have to have a scoop and score or pick six uh, uh, go your way. If you have that, no, then you have a magical season like we did to win the Super Bowl. You remember all, what? I think we had like seven oh, yeah. seven defensive touchdowns or like uh, uh, I'm not talking like pump return. We do no. Then it could be truly magical. We hope so. Steve Geller, we appreciate your time as always. As the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. it is for real. Finally, on Sunday, three preseason games in the books, a practice in Costa Mesa, two of them with the Chargers, but now the Tennessee Titans as the Saints kick off the 2023 season at home. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bobby, you send us out here on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. All right, bon nuit, les gens. Good night, people. Who that go, Saints? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 